you're so talented. This flew by. I appreciate it. I try to make it a, a breeze for everyone. Oh, yeah. Amen. God bless. Hi, this is Sarah Galley from Andy's Girls, and you're listening to the Wayne Holt Podcast. Hey, Waniacs, welcome back. You know, for me, listening to podcasts is a way of life. Whether I'm running errands, working on projects, or just on the toilet for a few hours, I am rarely listening to music. I prefer conversations. And during quarantine, my hours of podcast listening quadrupled. And it was actually the perfect time for me to find our guest for today and her show, Andy's Girls. She's named a certified Bravo-holic by Bravo TV. And along with her slew of great guests, provide hilarious, thoughtful, and dare I say, powerful breakdowns on your favorite reality shows and pop culture news. Listening to her show, Andy's Girls, was one of the main inspirations, actually, for me to restart the Wayne Holtz podcast. And she is tied for my favorite podcaster of 2020. Her name is Sarah Galley. Hello. Hi, Wayne. First off, thank you so much for such a wonderful, super sweet intro. It's well-deserved. Uh, thank you. And so who am I tied with? Am I tied with you? Are we, are we both your favorite? <laughs> who's that? Who's that? Who's I, I do love myself, but you know, I actually really enjoy uh, David Yontef on Behind the Velvet Rope. Oh wow! Okay. He he Great. does a lot of a lot of random deep dives, and it you know it gets mm-hmm. me going. I love that. That's great. So, Sarah, set the scene for us. Um, where are you at in the world, and what is your environment while you're talking to us? Where? Oh, okay. Um, where am I in the world? Wait. Well, I am in New York City, the Upper East Side. Um, my environment looks <laughs> like my bedroom, uh, which is where I typically record these days. I'm mixing it up now as a full vaccinista, um, having people back to my apartment. So I typically record Andy's girls literally on my living room couch, which I call the people's people's couch. Um, so I've had Bravo Lebs here and podcasters, you name it. And then when COVID hit, obviously, we all uh, transitioned to Zoom, which for me, for the kinds of conversations that um, happen on AG, I love vibing with energies. And it's difficult to do that when you're on a Zoom and you're talking about like the psychology of someone's breakdown or something else. So I'm very excited to start doing in-person recording now. But all that being said, I'm um, I'm talking to you from my bedroom where I'm living my best life. I love that. I love <laughs> I all of that. 
that's a great that's a great like intimate place for a conversation you know you're relaxed you're, yeah. you're in your environment so i i really like that um and you know you you speak about your well, we are going to talk a lot about your podcast andy's girls and you know i have a lot of uh non-bravo listeners and then some bravo listeners and so i really love talking to people from the bravo world that because uh, i feel like a lot of people maybe don't even know they're Bravo-holics and they actually are. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting with my producer right now and I remember um, I had him over at my place recently and I threw on the Teresa table flip episode and oh, he was just, history. He, what is going on here? Fascination. So mm. let's start um, at the beginning and what led up to you starting the podcast. Um, what was the beginning, as you like to ask, of your Bravo journey? journey? Were you pre-Housewives? Where did you jump in? Um, so I started watching Bravo when it was like, you know, your great aunt Helen programming where it was very artistic and interesting and all based on like educational ideas or something that was in some way meant to inspire in the best sense of it when you think of cultural impact. So like, Oh, Inside the Actors Studio was everything. Um, what was the show called that I was obsessed with uh, that followed actors as they tried to become a star? But it was like a true docu-series. I want to say the, not the A, oh, the It Factor. The It Factor I love. Um, yeah, I've been watching Bravo for a while and, and watching as it has transitioned several times into um, the kind of channel nay community that it is now and, you know, jumped on the Orange County train. The sad thing is, I believe I started watching with the first episode. I don't entirely remember, but I was a Desperate Housewives fan. So I liked the idea of, you know, Desperate Housewives becoming real. And I've been hooked in a different kind of way ever since. Yeah, and that's like a very natural transition from Desperate Housewives to Real mm. Housewives. And it's interesting how the network um, went from, you know, maybe what some would perceive as more educational television to a uh, kind of TV that educates us in entirely different ways now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I love that because um, yeah. um, I try and uh, tell people that one of the reasons I love Bravo is because they are so... Um, it's fascinating to watch the way that they tell human stories. And on your podcast, that's really what um, you and your guests really get into is the psychology of the show, whether it be what we see on television or what's happening behind the scenes. So what was your inspiration to transition from, you know, being a fan to becoming, as Bravo TV named you, a certified Bravoholic <laughs> and uh, start a podcast, Andy's Girls? Um, that's a great question. I really think that, um, you know, I was talking about Bravo so frequently in every kind of, you know, environment, professional, personal, you have it and spending a lot of time on Facebook, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> may, it's, <laughs> may its memory be a blessing. Unlikely, but possible. Um, and, you know, spent a lot of time talking with someone that I had initially met in college, Damian Bellino, um, who was most recently a senior producer at VH1. And he and I just start, start, were talking so much about Housewives that I said, 
you know, why don't you come over one day and I'll just, you know, press record on something and we'll just talk. And, you know, it'll be an extension of whatever, what we're already talking about online, but having a fuller conversation. And it just so happened that as the pod continued to grow, you know, I had no strategy or plans behind it. I just thought truly I was going, I was just thinking Damien will come over, we'll talk, I'll record it, and maybe it'll be a show, maybe it won't. And as the show progressed and continued week after week, it just so happened that the kinds of conversations that I was most interested in having were ones that were really based on opening myself up and hopefully providing an environment where whomever I was was guesting would feel comfortable too to talk about our own experiences as human people and really more of an understanding of not um, uh, not trivializing the joy and pleasure that comes out of housewives and also just kind of sharing the value of it and doing so in a way where we can talk about these women's behaviors without it being a recap pod, which are great. Recap pods are amazing. It just so happens that I have the kind of brain that I don't think I would be able to hold my own attention if I needed to recap the entirety of an episode. I'm more interested, you know, like an episode of AG can be us talking about Orange County season eight and an hour goes by. I don't, it's very stream of consciousness. I have no idea truly, unless there is a huge moment in the Bravo world happening, I typically don't have any idea of what's being discussed, I kind of go off of my guest vibes and also just kind of my own curiosity at any given point. I think that's probably the theme of AG is um, curiosity uh, about so much that makes us hopefully human and flawed. And um, I do love the fact that on your show, um, it is such a almost like uh, even though these are all, of course, like valid people in in their own sense, but you have a way of having a conversation about them and analyzing situations that almost validates why we're watching them in a serious, of course, with humor, but in a serious way that is like, okay, this is showing why this is compelling television. This is showing why it's not just, you know, a trivial thing um, while still embracing the fact that it's funny as shit and what, what the hell is going on sometimes. Amen. Yeah. And I also feel like there's an idea or I talked about this with Roxanne Gay on a recent episode of AG, but like the idea that we should somehow feel shame for taking pleasure in shows like Real Housewives has really never made sense to me. And in the world of New York, like I'll go to these I was at a salon for this bajillionaire woman business owner who like killed the game, did so well. And she wanted to help, um, you know, uh, young women in business and yada, yada. And we were talking about whatever. And, you know, people are doing the thing that they do, which you should, which is like, well, I'm involved in X, Y, and Z and I'm doing yada, yada. And I'm in politics or business or whatever it is. And I was like, you know I'm still curious because you've worked in like the fashion world. If you've ever interacted with Ramona Singer, like <laughs> that's, I've never really bought into the idea that this is a dirty little secret. Obviously I'm yelling it from the rooftop any chance I can get. And 
I believe that. I think that there's so much value that we can find in reality TV, unscripted programming, however you want to call it. And I think especially in Real Housewives um, and especially as a woman, which is important when we're having discussions about the experience of being a woman and how that translates on TV, let alone in the editing suite. Um, I just find it all so interesting, I have to say. It really is fascinating. And I do love the, you know, I learned many a life lesson from different characters on Bravo. And, you know, that mirror being held up to wh whether it be some of my own behaviors or behaviors of friends. I swear, um, I, I resolved a conflict with a former roommate by just going to the book of Bethany Frankel and Ramona Singer, you know, and just putting us in those positions and thinking, okay, well, this kind of was a similar situation to that. Let me try this strategy. It worked. And I, I was, thank you. I'm like, thank you, Bethany. Thank you, Ramona. Um, and so when you started, you know, really doing, when you started doing your podcast and you, uh, started having these conversations with at first Damian Bellino exclusively, and then you moved on to, you know, the slew of guests that you have come in. How, when did you find out that you had an audience? Like, when did you find out, okay, people are listening to this? Um, maybe Bravo's listening to this, etc. Oh my God, that's such a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I do remember that I was private on everything for a very long time and I would decline requests from people that I didn't know because I was nervous and also because of my profession in event consulting, I don't need to, people to see like whatever it was that I was talking about on social publicly. And um I remember Ben Rimmelauer, who's a frequent guest on AG, who actually co who directed Lou's Cabaret. Um, he said, like, you need to go public. You need to go public. This is actually ridiculous. And then I finally went public. And then I was able to sort of understand more because I started hearing from people more frequently. Um, there, it was probably a little bit difficult to be an OG of the AG, which is what I... Uh, refer to um, as like the original listeners of the pod because I was dealing with some health stuff that started in 2017. The pod started in 2016. So right at the point where you would be thinking consistency is most important, I took a bunch of time off of the podcast because I was dealing with neurological symptoms and truly the idea of holding a conversation, let alone a nuanced one, was truly impossible at that point. So I think coming back from that was helpful in terms of really seeing that people miss the pod. And then it's just kind of um, just grown from there. I think consistency is helpful. Um, you know, I, I'm not on Twitter for <laughs> mental health since I don't know how long. but. Um, I think people on social media, I see the conversations that are um, most interesting on Instagram and when people email the AG email and, you know, there's a segment on Andy's Girls called Satchels of Gold, which is unique to the podcasting realm where I really truly um, ask for uh, listener feedback because I found that AGs are among the most empathetic and emotionally intelligent out there, let alone in the Bravo community. And 
So that has really helped develop a relationship with listeners that I so respect and love because people share the deepest, you know, most vulnerable parts of themselves at times when they're talking about why they were potentially triggered by a housewife's behavior or why, you know, X, Y, and Z person maybe looks terrible, but here's an experience from my life that makes me really empathetic to how she's behaving. Um, I think that's been a really, I, I think of it now as a core part of um, Andy's girls. And if I run out of time, which has happened recently on Eps, I do, you know, bonus satchel spectaculars on Patreon because I have gotten like long satchels, which I love. I love a long form satchel and, and it's really kind of helped um, even deepen, I think, the AG community. Uh, so that's the long-winded way of being like, I don't really know, but I love them. Okay. And, and we love you. Uh, the Wayne Holtz podcast is a definite AG um, honestly, like truly during quarantine, I, don't, I honestly don't remember how I found you, Sarah, but, um, I just stumbled upon you somewhere and then I was like, wait, now she has, oh, she has a podcast. Wait, there are how many episodes? Let's go. I was down for the ride. Okay. And so everyone, if you need a great, um, podcast to binge, um, whether you start, I mean, start with the current episode and go backwards who cares um make sure you are checking out andy's girls available everywhere and we will be right back with the host of andy's girls sarah galley in just a second you never know who'll show up to the wayne holtz podcast really happy to be here on your podcast thank you rock goddess nina diaz you know first of all it begins with having the passion having the passion for the music tv host author and a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race thing, don't forget that. Of course, Ross. And Celebrity Big Brother contestant, Ross Matthews. When you reached out to me and asked if I'd be on your podcast, it was a no-brainer. I love people who create and contribute, and that is you. It is so nice to talk to you. Cool conversations with people we want to know more about. Hey guys, this is Chris Booker, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is J.D. Sampson, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is Perez Hilton, and you are listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. Listen to the Wayne Holds Podcast free now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and at thewayneholds.com. Yes, welcome back to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. We're here with one of my favorite Bravo-holics, Sarah Galley. So let's take you out from behind the microphone for a moment and you in out in the wild with some of these people. I know recently you were on uh, in the audience of Watch What Happens Live for what I believe was their first in-studio show since quarantine. Am I correct? Um, I think it was their maybe their second i forget it wasn't the first but it was like among the very first if that makes any sense i love it so tell me about your experience i i'm assuming you'd been or i know you've been there before um and you were there with kathy hilton and crystal minkoff no i oh. wish i was because i love those queens i was with heather thompson and ryan Sturhant. oh okay that's a good duo uh, the, the day of heather's um written speech yes and she walked out i um went with dylan hafer my boo my pal who is the creator of bravo by betches and um has two amazing podcasts of his own uh 
And I, she walked out and I was like, Dylan, I think she has notes, but I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, well, maybe she's just looking at Andy's card to just like review something. And obviously with an understanding of what had, you know, come to pass on social, I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, preparation is good when you're going to be talking about stuff, you know, like words are important, but then I just kind of forgot about it. And at the end of the taping, she pulled out the note to give a, a formal response to what had transpired on the show and, and online. And I was like, oh yeah, those were notes. Um, which I thought was really interesting. And the, uh, you know, the experience itself, everybody in the audience was vaccinated and it, you had to show your Excelsior Pass, which is the New York app thing that's so great and so easy to use that verifies that you've been vaccinated instead of, you know how like at the beginning of this, people were kind of showing just like a screenshot of their vaccinated card that for a lot of places, including I think anything with like film and TV, that's no bueno. They wouldn't have let you in. You had to show like a state ID and then also use essentially you had to bring either your original vaccine vaccine card or have downloaded Excelsior, which is what I did. Um, and so everyone felt really safe and the audience is so small that if it was in any way smaller, I didn't notice. And I mean that in the best possible way. And it was just a blast. Like Andy looked like he was having a lot of fun. And yeah, that was actually really great to see. Like he was really fucking with Ryan Sarhan in like the most adorable way. And so I was just squealing the entire, I'm sure you can hear my screech if you listen to the Um, And, you know, they gave us White Claw with like the Watch What Happens uh, uh, logo on it. And I don't drink White Claw, so it's literally on the bar cart in my... Living room. I kept offering it to people. You know, that's like one. It's not even twenty people in the audience. It was maybe even less than that. It was maybe it was around there. It was a small, small crowd, and it's already a very, very small space. And I was offering the white claw to people, but it was you know the middle of the afternoon. They pre-taped. They're now fully live. Um, uh, and so I was like, does anybody want my white claw? Nobody, because everybody was. It was literally the middle of the afternoon on a hot day. And then um, one of the audience members was like, oh yeah, you know what? I could maybe grab it. And I was handing it over to her and I realized like, why are you giving up this cute little container thing? Uh, hello. I, was, of- I was like souvenir, Sarah, souvenir. I know. So I literally was like, you know what? I know I did just offer it to you and you said you wanted it, but I am going to respectfully decline my offer. And she was so sweet. I was like, thank you. I just realized I could keep it. And so it's it's truly on my bar cart, melting down because I don't have air conditioning in my living room. But um, uh, yeah, it was a fun little moment. But Watch What Happens is just like such a fun, uh, obviously such a fun time. They make sure that everybody in the audience gets it, gets the spirit and the vibe. Um, my nightmare situation would be like going to watch what happens and it's like Tom Cruise and, you know, Jesus Christ, because what I would really want is like a Potomac housewife, (laughs) like somebody from Jersey, you know, so to go and have two Bravo celebrities, especially one who is, who was a housewife and is, was, is, or was a friend of is really, really, um, impactful. 
I love that. That is a great combination and a great little little behind the scenes there. And from the Watch What Happens world, um, I know one thing you would never offer and then take back because you wouldn't offer it in the first place is a ticket to BravoCon, which is coming back this year. Um, can you just give us like a little bit of a taste of like what it was like to be in that world surrounded? For my audience members that don't uh, know, BravoCon was like literally a Comic-Con, but just of Bravo celebrities because Bravo, unlike any other network, has an extremely passionate fan base that TLC wishes. And so um, it was just a, you get to meet all the people and go to the, all of the, you know, recreatements of experiences. So tell me a little bit about BravoCon for you and what you're maybe hoping to see in the next one. I mean, I didn't have honestly any expectations for it because I, and that was, isn't in any way a critique. I just didn't know what it was going to be like to go to the first ever anything, especially an event that large, I think it's helpful to just like be excited for the experience, regardless of what it is. And I was shaken by how perfectly <laughs> that was organized. Like none of us knew what to expect. We didn't have a lot of information. They gave, maybe gave the schedule of the panels, like a hot second before, understandably, because there were a bajillion Bravo celebrities who were traveling and coming in. And I cannot imagine what a monster undertaking it was. And I am an event producer in New York who's produced large scale galas and like Bravo. Con. I was looking at everything because I can't help it from an event perspective. And they did such a good job. The visuals were insane. The housewives, they had a real housewives museum that was like absolutely insane, just unbelievable. The panels were organized in a really interesting way. Everybody was psychotic. And I mean that with absolute love. People were just screaming. Women were drunk the entire weekend. Um, I'm not a big drinker. So I was like sober Sally, except I had a glass of wine and I'm always like lightly dehydrated. And I went with Tracy Morrissey and maybe Pet Shop Boy to like a mm. producer's panel. And I had stood, they had these two microphones in like the large spaces for anyone to ask questions. And I had stood up at three previous panels. And I kid you not, they closed the questions every time when I was the next person in line, which was a joke at this point. Like one of the people who was helping people sign whatever the release was when they were about to speak, like knew that I was, the, and she was like, LOL. And I said, LOL. And it was no problem. I was, I thought it was actually genuinely kind of amazing that this kept happening, but of course it didn't happen. The one time I have, I'm modestly blitzed out on a single glass of white wine. And I just remember like, walking up to the thing and then somebody asking and then I was next and I was like I don't know if I can speak right now and I just kind of got it out and Tracy recorded it and uh and I think I asked a question at one more producers panel after that but um the producers panels were probably my favorite part of the weekend because it was I mean through literally um uh, and spiritually a panel of producers from various shows and they had great representation essentially from all of the housewife franchises which is um under it's not like you had a ton of producers on stage but it's very helpful that several of them have worked on several different franchises and they were really game and up for the challenge with questions and 
you know, the weekend was really great. I felt like, you know, the Bravo community, it can be sometimes a little bit toxic uh, at various points if you're on a certain theme or depending on what the conversation is in the greater um, audience. But I felt like overall, having attended essentially everything I possibly could in those three days, overall, the questions that were being asked, I thought were, you know, very insightful and intuitive and really funny. Um, someone, what was it at, during a, the, it was like an OG panel with Andy. I want to say on day one, someone brought ham with him and asked Caroline Manzo to play the ham game. And is there wow. a, is there a better, like that is genius. Like I never would have thought about that, but we all delighted in it. And it was in the largest venue space of the weekend. And it was so funny. And Caroline Manzo was like blushing so hard because she was so mortified about like slinging sliced deli meat at someone. Was it that she was throwing it at Andy? I don't even remember who <laughs> was the target of the sliced ham, but it was so good and exactly the right vibe when it came to the spiritual experience of being there. And I think we all kind of knew we were in for a little bit of a ride because the night before the first day, Pet Shop Boy hosted an event with then sort of not, she was never America's sweetheart, but with someone who was definitely, uh, more thoughtfully, um, I don't even comported, I guess I would say than she is now Kelly Dodd. And uh, several other housewives were there. Bronwyn was there. Emily was there. Um, Leanne was there. It's a motley crew when you think of these women now, but um, uh, <laughs> Pet Shop Boy <laughs> was throwing an event with Kelly and and it ended up being the day or day after Rick had proposed. And it was the day before BravoCon. We were in this like VIP room, teeny tiny, where it was like a bunch of housewives and several of us. And it was just like this fascinating. And Barbara Kay was there. I mean, who could legend, forget? Legend. Legend. Mayoral candidate. So close. Um <laughs> And so it was just like kind of a window into what the weekend would be. And so I think we all kind of knew the day before that this was going to be amazing. I mean, we all kind of knew that Bravo fans can have a party and feel festive regardless of where they are. When you meet a Bravo, a fellow Bravo-holic, you know that you're fluent in the same language and you're going to have a blast no matter what. It just so happens that the powers that be were able to successfully organize a genuinely fantastic weekend. Like there, I, I did not know if it was possible to be held again. I certainly thought maybe 2022 because of COVID and the fact that it's coming back, the fact that it's going to be back in New York, which selfishly, I mean, my heart goes pitter patter at the idea of not having to travel. Um, and that's not because of COVID. That's just my own laziness. Uh, just for events, as opposed to like, if BravoCon was in Paris, I would be totally fine. But um, it was just really incredible. And I have no idea what the upcoming 
iteration of it will be, but I would say that if folks can make the financial commitment, which it is a serious and steer one, go. And if you can upgrade, do it, because that was the response we heard from a lot of people. And, you know, there's a cohort of us um, who are called certified Graboholics by the network. And so they were very generous with us and, and have been since and gave us like crazy all access to the meet and greets and panels and seating and all of this stuff. They were extraordinarily generous. And I participated in a small talk back with um, my friends Bravo Betch and Faces by Bravo from IG. Um, and it was so great. But the thing that I heard from people is like, man, I wish I had upgraded so that you can skip some of the lines, which I would say I have no idea what the pricing is or will be. I don't know if it's been announced yet, but I would say that if folks can level up as it were to do it, because you're not going to want to spend your time waiting in line. Um, even though we can all acknowledge how iconic a photo next to Portia Williams with a cast on her, like Portia Williams carried out of her <laughs> wheelchair to put on the couch. Like you, it was on at her panel was like to die. Like the photo that I have with her became my holiday card where I said, I don't, for, I forget what the card said, but it was something like from me and you know, I don't know, this holiday angel or something. I don't remember. And I had like a spotlight on her and it's Portia in a wheelchair with her broken leg. I mean, it's just so iconic. Um, but anyway, I'll, this is a very long winded way of saying I, I didn't know what to expect going in. And, and it was, it absolutely, um, if anyone had high expectations, I'm sure that the event itself, itself exceeded them. And, um, it was definitely created with the community in mind, which I always, you know, really appreciate. I love that. And it was definitely a gift to the community. I hope to see you there this year um, for the, you know, what will be, I think it's the start of the future of Bravo, which we are entering a, a new era, um, especially with the, the fandom. And uh, to find all out about the world of Bravo and get those little inside scoops and behind the scenes moments, please make sure you are following Sarah on Instagram at Dame Galley. That's D-A-M-E-G-A-L-L-I at Dame Galley. And listening to Andy's Girls on wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to the Wayne Holtz podcast. Sarah, it has been an honor. Wayne, thank you so much for having me. This was like such a delight. You're great. Oh my God. I appreciate that. This Thank was you. so much fun. Thank you. Um, and please tell Ryan Bailey that I'm in love with him and he's great. Okay. Oh, I totally will. Have you told him that? I haven't. I just uh, slightly interact on social media, but he's fantastic. And I... I'm going to text him right now and say that Wayne has a crush on you and just wanted you to know. Okay. There we go. We, we're getting the ball rolling, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you're giving five stars to the Wayne Holtz podcast wherever you listen to it. Follow Sarah on Instagram so you can find her podcast and her Patreon. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. This episode was produced and engineered by Dominic K. Trevino. When it comes to looks and smarts, I'll give you five out of five kisses. Every time I hear you mock, I wish that I can be your missus. Let me
Quiet, I don't mind any time you can sound 